This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Why is everyone mad at me? I'm just trying to be who I am. Telling me what I have to be. What's the matter? Who am I to them? Why is it? Because I like to rap automatically. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to year two of the Bo Show. Appreciate you guys coming back on my millions and millions and millions of listeners out here. Uh, what you're listening to right there is none other than number 11 receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, Cole Beasley. Rob Kerr, I know you're a huge uh, Cole Beasley fan. <laughs> I know you listen to him on your way to work, on your way home. When I go running with the dog, it's, it's my jam. It's all Cole Beasley. It's all nah, Cole exactly. Beasley was my uh, he was he was my roommate in uh, my freshman year of college, so I had to give him a little shout out. Because actually, this man, is... go go listen to his album. He he came out with a single called Eighty Stings, and he uh, he was he was top three, I think, for R and B hip hop um, on the Apple Music charts. And then he came out with his album. Now his album's doing well uh, as well. So check him so, out. So a this bit. this is your what we're listening to right now is your former college roommate. That's my former college roommate. It's Cole Beasley. I, I didn't know you guys Cowboys. went to college together. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Man, my lineup my freshman year of college was insane. It was at, at boundary one was Al Robinson, who's with the Falcons. Uh, boundary two was Emmanuel Sanders from the Broncos. <laughs> Field three was Cole Beasley. And then I had two guys on the outside. You guys wouldn't know their names, but had some decent receivers in college. Wow. Wow. Was, now, did you know he was musical then? Like, I did. He, he would literally okay. make beats and everything in his room all the time. Oh, wow. And everybody would always call him, you know, derogatory names for a white <laughs> guy that raps. Um, but uh, it's funny, man. It's good to see him take his money and, you know, do what he wanted to do with his dream. That is incredible. When you can when you can Use do one that. dream to fulfill the other one. Yeah, it's pretty that, awesome. That's exactly. great. Guys, great. It's, it's year two. I kind of feel like I, I, I took the rookie status off now. I'm, I'm a vet. I feel like I'm a vet in this room. Like, I walk in, I high-five everybody. I know everybody's names. Well, I still think you have to get me coffee. I don't <laughs> think you have to get the other guy's coffee. I got to carry whoa, your pads. Whoa, what? what are you, putting yourself in front of the team? Just saying. You Unbelievable. Know, years, years of service here. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're putting yourself in front of the team, Rob. <laughs> yeah, he's making this about him. It's a team, Rob. It's yeah. a team, all right? It's a team. Sorry, what did I say? Yeah. Sorry. It's not, it sounds like you care what number you are on top 50. See. Yeah, see? Yeah, oh, there it is. Told you. Told you. He was listening to your number two jabs. Oh, okay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Anywho. Topics we're going to cover today. Um, Calgary San Peter preseason, you know, how I think it went and everything that went uh, they kind of uh, occurred and, and what went down, cuts across the entire CFL. Uh, the upcoming 2018 San Peter season, something I'm looking forward to. Uh, fans, if you're listening, text in 960-960. Tell me what you want to hear about, man. Tell me what you want to hear about now. This show, uh, the rest of the shows, the rest of the year, just let me know. I kind of want to get some more fan feedback and find out what you guys want to hear uh, from your quarterback on this uh, sports at 960. Uh, we'll talk a little TSN Top 50 right there. Some guys I think got snubbed. Um, little dad life hacks at the very end, just some things I'm learning <laughs> as I become a vet and being a dad as well. Uh, and I've got, Rob, I'm going to have you help me with this one. Okay. I've got four season tickets to give away. Oh, wow. So Season I went, tickets season, or tickets to the – No, season tickets. I've got four wow. season tickets to give away. I had a – Wow. Uh, yeah, I had a gentleman named Tyson uh, invite me out to um, Strathmore to talk to their football team. I went out there and talked, and he surprised me with – 
for uh, season tickets. He said he's an avid listener. He wanted to, he wanted them to go to somebody that could go every single game. Um, That's yeah. awesome. So we'll come yeah, up with yeah. something. We're not going to give him away before this game, uh, just because I don't want to. I don't want to rush it. Uh, so we'll give him away. Yeah, we'll, we'll the talk next home it. game. We've got two weeks. So Tuesday, June twenty sixth. Mark it down your calendar. I'll be giving away four season tickets. So make sure you're listening. And I'll find out how to how to win those. Awesome. That's awesome. So what, yep. are you, what are you guys doing over there? Will tell me y'all are selling boats, but it sounds like y'all are doing more from your interview with uh, Jeff. Well, we're, yeah, I mean, uh, Alberta Marine's a longtime partner of ours, and, and last year we did something really cool, Bo, which is uh, we took a bunch of uh, underprivileged kids fishing for the first time, and uh, we went out, we did a show from the, the banks of the lake, and uh, we brought out some some hockey celebs and and the kids went fishing and and we're happy to report that on that trip everybody, not necessarily landed a fish but got one on and uh, the smiles were incredible and uh, you know for Alberta Marine that's what they're about they're uh, you know you come in here boats for families you know uh, the, these aren't what you call uh, um, you know midlife crisis projects these are these are things that you do in in southern Alberta and BC and Saskatchewan you go out on the water you take the family and you go and that's what Alberta Marine's all about so we launched a campaign today uh, just reminding people that that's a permanent drop-off location here for uh, gently used sporting goods we'll get them over to Comrie Sports Equipment Bank so kids can play sports and when people do that they get entered in the draw and uh, our friend Brian McGratton is going to take uh, lucky winner and his buddy fishing with some of our other pals and just basically, it's a great way to spend a summer in southern Alberta on the water. Man, that's awesome. Always doing good things, Rob. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what we do, right? All right, so calgary San Peter preseason game one, game two. Uh, I missed you guys. I wasn't able to talk to you about it. Um, so let's kind of break down what happened. Game one, go out there against BC. Uh, starters basically play a, you know, a drive, two drives. Um, and we're leading, we're leading the game for a majority of the part. And then... Um, as uh, as some younger guys come in, we kind of start to play young football, and you know, in my opinion, we just didn't take care of the football. And I thought it showed in practice, to be honest with you. Um, guys were fumbling during Skelly, and it was receivers, you know, catching the ball and not locking it up, and DBs were going after it. Um, you know, so offensively, I thought we were just careless with the football. We threw too many picks. Um, we weren't good enough in protection. We didn't take care of the football as a receiver running back group, and uh, and it showed. I mean, I think they took advantage of it. I liked number nineteen from BC. No, not because of his number, but that guy, he impressed me out there on the field. He was, I thought he was dropping back. He was letting the ball go. He's letting it fly. I like to see that. I like to see these young QBs coming to the league. Um, but game two, game two, completely different story. I know it wasn't televised. A lot of you guys didn't get to see it. Um, it was a tail whooping from start to finish. And it was, honestly, I think it was just us being locked in the game plan. I think guys came out ready to play. We knew they were going to be ripping at the football, and guys had it locked up, not, not letting it go. Um, but man, I'll tell you what happened in that second game. That is something I haven't seen here since 2014. Every single play that was made for the Stampeders, every single play that was made, you saw our our entire sideline celebrate. I mean, typically a, a DB gets an interception, offense they throw their helmets on, they go over there, get ready to get on the field, um, and it was it. And the DBs go over there and celebrate. They do the little salute they do. Um, but it was different, man. It was a, it was a feel that it almost took me back, and I had to step back and look around. Being in an away stadium, especially in SAS, when the fans don't like you, um, interception after interception, we were getting touchdowns. We were scoring. Every quarterback threw for a touchdown. Um, our tailbacks looked awesome. O line was amazing in protection. But every single play that happened, kick, uh, punt return for a touchdown, interceptions, fullbacks catching, you know, a two yard ball. Guys are running up and down the sideline, you know, 
it's just excited. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm seeing in this crew right now that I was maybe a little bit worried about with some of the vets we had let go um, is having that camaraderie. But uh, I think it's actually stepped up. And uh, I think that's something that's going to make us, you know, hard to play play against this year. What do you attribute that to? I mean, that to me, it's a, a preseason game. You know, if I'm a veteran, I've acted, I'm acting like I've been there before, sort of thing. But to hear you talk about it and for it to catch your eye, was there a catalyst to it, Bo? Was it something you said? Was it something Dave said? Did it come up in an early meeting? Why all of a sudden did it manifest itself in this game? Uh, man, honestly, I think it's just the way practice has been going. You know, offense is one a day, defense wins a day. Um, and there was so much, uh, you know, even especially the last couple of years. And I, it, I don't want to say it was a problem, but it's something you kind of noticed is that it felt very clicky. It felt like clicks, like it was offense versus defense all the time. And that's a good thing. It creates that competitive edge. You know, you want the top offense going against the top defense. But when I throw a pick to Jamar Wall in practice, to me, my, my, first, my first thing to do is walk up and say, hey, you know, 2-9, you know, nice play. You know, let him know, hey, man, nice play right there. But I think in the last couple of years, it's been a little bit of, you know, the defense would turn and start talking trash to you or or offense, you score a touchdown on them, you turn and start tra- talking trash to them. And I think it just creates a bad atmosphere. And so this year I told Alex from the very beginning, I was like, hey, man, listen, like we compete. We go we go after each other, you know, training camp. We're all trying to make a team, but ultimately it's all about the white horse. I was like, so when we make a play, when you make a play, you know, I'll make sure I celebrate with you guys. You make sure you celebrate with us. Um, it was kind of just collectively talking to guys. And I think as a younger crew, you don't have enough veteran experience to say, oh, touchdown, the play's made, get back to the huddle. It's more plays are made, and now everybody's just excited because a lot of kids are from college, and that's yeah. how it is in college. They all love to see their own teammates make plays, and I think that was, to me, that was exciting. It it makes the team feel youthful and young. You know what I mean? Like guys are just jumping around the sideline. It's not trying to just finish a second preseason game, get through the preseason, and get to game one. Guys were excited to get out there and make plays, to ball out, to see their teammates make plays. Um, and, man, it was uh, it's inspiring, to be honest with you. So you brought up Alex's name there. I mean, we know what he's meant in his first couple of seasons, and I certainly don't want to take anything away, but that was a pretty big endorsement that, you know, he's a voice for that side of the ball. We know you, you know, what weight you carry as a veteran in the position you play, but uh, that's a little bit of an endorsement as Alex to have that kind of, you know, sway in this conversation, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Alex is, um, and we haven't, you know, announced captains yet, but Alex is, is a, he's a team leader. You know, he's a guy on defense that's proven he can do it. Uh, he's in there with me every morning at 5 a.m. working out. Um, you know, there's there's not many guys in the league that do it, and he's definitely one that does it. Um, to me, the biggest, the biggest, I guess, characteristic, statistic of a leader isn't isn't what you do on the field. It's the fact that when I say something or when I do something, do people follow me or do people right. listen? You know, when guess, there's, there's some guys that talk where everybody kind of shrugs their shoulders like, all right, you know, he, he's talking to talk. But there's some guys that talk and you look at him, you say, that guy's in the film room, that guy's in the weight room, this guy's experienced, he knows what he's doing on and off this football field. Uh, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to follow him. I'm, I'm going to do what he has to say because he obviously has this thing figured out. And I think Alice is one of those guys. From the outside, Will and I have been talking about this. Pat and I have been talking about this. I, I want your inside opinion on this. 
Eric Rodgers coming in was a, a big story, and I think when a player gets let go with kind of the, the, the tenure that, that Anthony has, that's a big story. But overall, this seemed like a very quiet camp news-wise. Bo, did it feel that way? Was it, you know, just kind of business and we're going – I mean, there was very little drama, or am I – That's because I got off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nobody has anything to talk about anymore. <laughs> no more uh, no more questions in the media scrums, right, Bo? Yeah, exactly. Nah, uh, it, it it was quiet, and I think that's a good thing. I think I think we're we're quietly staying focused, and we're like that sheet in the grass right now. You know, we're just creeping up on our prey. You know, go ahead and pay attention to everything else moving around you. But you know, we're getting closer and closer, and I think I think it's um, I think it's pretty awesome, honestly. I mean, I, I think no news can be good news. Um, you know, it means there's not. Obviously, we had some big things go on this offseason. You know, certain guys, you know, things happen in their, their personal lives. Um, you know, we had, you know, some guys let go that became pretty big news. But honestly, I think, I mean, is there any news besides Johnny Manziel anymore in the CFL? Hmm. Like, no, let's be honest. Like, if yeah. – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what frustrated me. I'll tell you. This is blunt and honest, too. I watched Trevor Harris get hurt in a preseason game, who is a number one quarterback, an elite quarterback, a half a million dollar guy. And I go on TS, and I, I wasn't watching the game. So I go on, Alex texts me, say, Hey, did you see what just happened? I was like, No. He was like, Check your app. So I turn on the TSN app. I go to news, and there's three stories still about Johnny Manziel above Trevor Harris getting hurt. Right. That bothers me. That bothers okay. me. We're talking about a backup quarterback in that way, in my opinion. I mean, I'm excited for the guy. I'm excited for the guy to turn his life around, getting there to play football. Um, and I know that he was the number one, the number one pick, and he had the entire country in college following him. I was following him in college. I was watching him because I loved the plays he was making. Mm-hmm. You know, but when a number one quarterback gets hurt, you know, a franchise guy, um, and the stories on the app are still above him, that bothers me. I, I don't disagree or, or uh, discount your opinion on that, Bo, because I think I, I do think you're bang on. I, I think an injury certainly would be uh, top news over a guy like Manziel, even though he's got the name. Uh, but I'm I'm curious, just since you went down this path, I'll, I'll branch off now. Um, your thoughts on on Johnny as a whole in terms of what he's done for your league in terms of the exposure. And not to say that you guys couldn't do it without him, but just because he brings that name as a former Heisman Trophy winner and a first round pick. You are, you know, getting pub south of the border in, in your home country in the States. Um, and, and you got guys like Milt Stiegel on the TSN panel talking about how, you know, he's, he's talking to players and saying that they should be, uh, they should be embracing it because they, they, there's more eyeballs and, and stuff on the league. What do you make of Manziel coming in as a whole? No, I completely agree with, um, with his thought on the fact that it does bring more eyes. It brings more exposure. Um, you know, the, the day that, Johnny gets to start at, in that in that football room, and it's gonna happen at some point. Nobody's not gonna let it happen, and that's unfortunate uh, because Jeremiah Mazzoli is an awesome quarterback, and he's done very good things with that offense. But it does bring exposure to the CFL. It, it validifies um, guys coming and taking that chance, and and I think a lot of times when it comes to guys making that leap from down south, you kind of you need a um, I don't guinea pig's not the right word, but for me, I had Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols left Eastern Washington, uh, tried out for the Dallas Cowboys, and went to the CFL. And I saw what it was giving him, a chance to go play football after the NFL. And so for me, I already had that, per se, guinea pig. 
Um, I, I got to see what it was. It's not. It wasn't a gimmick. I got to watch the football. I knew it was real football. I could watch the athletes and tell these were high caliber athletes. Um, and it made it easy for me to make my decision. And so I think some other guys like down south, I didn't. I didn't. I never heard about the CFL until I went yeah. to Eastern Washington, which is in the Northwest, yeah. and that's probably the only reason I heard about it. So right now, I think that there's 50 states that know the CFL, and I think that's the difference. I think anybody that plays football, you now know what the CFL is, where that was it's like, not it's the like case validation in a way, right? It's like validation. Yeah, exactly. It's validation to everybody else down there. Like, oh, okay, you know, they heard about there is some good athletes. Yeah, yeah they heard absolutely. about some guys coming up here. You know, they heard about I can't even think of names right now. Um, but the fact that oh wait, you know, Johnny Football is choosing this path. Okay, so he is he is showing that this league is real, and then everybody knows Johnny. Everybody knows his talent. Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't think there's anything better for the league, and, and this is, might not sound right, but I don't think there's anything better in the league than for him to come up here and struggle. Because that's going to show everybody else out there, the eyes, all the media, everybody like that, that this is real football out here, that you have some dogs out here that play. And I think I, I'm going I'm to play the role of the old man in the room, and that is I am so tired of this because I've seen it over and over again in 20 and 30 years it seems like we have to do this all of the time um uh, when rick uh uh sorry the running back ricky williams, ricky yeah. williams came up here it, exactly the same thing exactly the same thing oh look eyeballs on the league oh look it is good football we know this we know this but it's kind of like it then it happens again oh johnny mandel must be the first ever player to go no he's not and, you know, it, it, it bothers me. It frustrates me. Um, you know, I said it yesterday, uh, that game on Saturday, um, that ten that uh, rough in the passer call, that was a message, right? And I think yeah. there's a lot of guys that kind of feel that way, Bo, that are play, you know, that have been here, that play here. Well, I think that's the thing. I think what you're seeing right now is you're seeing guys like myself but that play defense that are getting fed up with hearing about this hype. And it's not, it is not Johnny Manziel's fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not his fault that the camera follows him and that a lot of people in the nation want to know what he's doing. It's not his fault. Yeah, it's he, not his fault. His name is Johnny of, Manziel. Yeah. That is a product of what he has done in his yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but guys are tired of it. Guys on defense are like, oh, I'm going to prove to everybody that you're not, you're not who you say you are. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing. Everybody's like, how can I get Johnny to blow up? How can I mm -hmm. get – and, hey, in Johnny's defense, what that's going to do – that's going to get guys focused on the wrong thing, on the opposite team. That's going to help Johnny Manziel out because guys are focused on, oh, I can't wait to get that big hit. And what that's going to do is, is when Johnny Manziel drops back, scoots up in that pocket, and a linebacker is supposed to be covering his own, you know, the middle, the, the dig window, middle hooks, and he's supposed to be covering that zone, and Johnny Manziel scoots up and starts to run a little bit, he's going to leave that zone too early because he, he wants to get that big hit, and Johnny's going to pop it right behind his head. And he's going to continue to do that until guys start to learn that this guy can play football. Because yep. he can. Now, you see it already. I can see it right now. He changes his arm angle. He's throwing. He's, and he didn't, they didn't ask him to do a lot. But what they asked him to do, he was successful at. He did very well. And he got out of the pocket. And the CFL game is made for a guy like that. So I, think he, he, I do think he will have success because I do think he is a high-caliber athlete on the football field. Um, we'll just kind of see what happens and, and how that plays out. Should we take a break? Yes. Well, I think we can focus back on the the Stampeders in the next break and in the next segment. Yep. It's his show. Don't tell him what to do. No, no. Oh, you, you listen go ahead. to you. you listen to you, number two. I'm just saying. Hey, this is real on the keys. Want, no, 
<laughs> I'll stop bringing that up, man. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> no, you're listening to The Bow Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. Back to The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back to our second segment here. Uh, don't forget, text in 960-960 if you have any questions. At the top of this segment right here, I'll answer uh, some fan questions. Uh, I've got some good ones going right now. A lot of Johnny Manziel talk. Um, but some ones I like talking about, hey, is there a rookie that you are very excited to see what they can do this season? That segues perfectly into what I want to talk about. Some guys this preseason that impressed me uh, that are new to the team. That honestly, I'm just excited to see. Um, you know, not sure if we'll see any of these guys week one or not, but I'm excited to. I mean, anybody in our roster, man, we we tell these guys that you sign a practice roster, there's a great chance you're going to play it sometime during the year. It's an 18 game season. You know, you play defense, there's a lot of hits that happen. Um, so these guys have a chance to get on the field. Um, but some guys, not a rookie right here, but Tunde Delicay. Uh, free safety, a guy I'm, I'm excited to see because he's taking over for Josh Bell. Josh Bell obviously got moved over to the defensive backs coach. Um, so a guy that I'm super excited. And two more DBs that really impressed me. Uh, Devin Butler, number 35, and Gump Hayes. And yes, you heard that correctly. I said Gump Hayes, uh, number Love 47. Gump. <laughs> Love Gump. Um, I'm excited to see these two, man, because they were... As a quarterback, you don't you don't really pay attention to the opposite DBs, especially in training camp, because you're out there just focused on your offense and how things are going. You know, you're not exactly game planning against your own defense going into practice. Um, but these were two guys that, as I started to go personally, I looked at and I said, you know, hey, this guy's making a couple of plays. You know, there's a there's a time or two where a window's there, I make a throw, and he's closing that window and knocking the ball down. Um, and that was number 35, Devin Butler, and number 47, Gump Hayes. So. Uh, two guys made the team. Congratulations. I'm excited to see these guys. Um, I got a question about this young man, and, and I am excited for him. Uh, number 81, Mike Klukas. Uh, Calgary, Calgary guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. Calgary boy. I threw with him, so I threw with him this offseason, and he had just got off the plane or something, and his neck was just jacked up. And, like He was running <laughs> corner routes, and he couldn't turn, look at the ball, um, and he would just turn his, put his head down and run full speed. And I was like, you know, Mike, you got to – you know, when you break for that corner route, you know, when you get to like 12 or 15 yards and you stab and you break that high angle corner, you know, I need you to get your eyes back and see the ball right away because the ball comes out quick in the CFL. Like the ball's up and down. I have it out of my hands, you know, within one and a half, to two seconds. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I got you. I got you. So, you know, he does it a couple more times. And I'm like, Mike, man, I still need you to get your eyes around faster. And he's like, Bo, I'll be honest with you, man. He's like, I just got back from IMG. And my neck is jacked from that flight, so that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only reason I can't turn right now. So <laughs> I gave him the hint. I was like, go see a chiropractor, man. Get that thing worked out. But um, man, there was one day this camp. Mike had like six touchdowns in one wow. day. It was insane. It was like wow. It the, we don't we don't ever like you know create our offense to throw to a guy, um, but just who he went in for. You know, our, most of our Canadian positions are typically R and Z. Um, but he went from R to Z to W, and the the plays that were called, he just happened to be kind of getting in at the right times, and he ran his route to perfection and got open. The quarterbacks found him and made good throws. Um, but it was it was one of those where you got to see who Mike Klukas was because when the balls came to him, he made plays, and that's a big deal for us. You know, take advantage of your opportunity. So uh, I'm excited to see that guy. You know, whenever whenever it is that he gets a chance, he's still young. He's still got things to work on, but um, a young Calgary guy that. Um, that I think the fans will enjoy it at some point. Um, 
two guys returning vets that that they might know, might not know, but uh, guys that are really going to help out our defense. Uh, Troy Studemeyer, number 11, Emmanuel Davis from Hamilton, number 8. Um, again, as you can kind of see the trend right now, uh, I'm naming a lot of DBs. I think our DB core is dangerous. Uh, I think they're they're fast, they're young, they make plays. Um, that's not a that's not a slight to my old heads uh, and, and Smitty and Jay Wall because they're obviously our starters. But um, I'm just these are guys that I think are going to help give us that depth and that that ability to go 18 games and go deep in the postseason. Um, but you know, two guys that you know, I'm definitely excited we got in the offseason. We don't typically go out and get very many vets, so I was I was kind of pumped about that. Uh, and three guys I know this is my last thing. I'll let you guys kind of talk about what you want to talk about. But uh, three guys to me that didn't play in the preseason that uh, you're all going to hear their name multiple times this year is J.G., G. Garrett Davis, uh, Michael Johnson, obviously, um, and Eric Rogers. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to see these guys get on the field. Um, and the fact that we were doing what we were doing in preseason without them just, you know, helps me validate that, uh, that we're heading that right direction as a team right now. So The only question I have is about the offensive line because of the turnover and the names and, and, you know, just the injuries over the last couple of years, you know, it's, it's real easy to watch a DB, you know, make plays real easy to watch a quarterback or a, or a receiver make plays. But man, it's sometimes for me, it's near impossible to get a, a good feel on, on what I'm watching in terms of, you know, the lines, but particularly the offensive line, how comfortable are you with who's playing and protecting you right now? I mean, I'm feeling great. I think I wish I could remember their creed. They have a creed hanging up. And I wish I could remember it, but it starts off like the day you chose to play O-line is the day you chose to live in the shadows. Hmm. You hmm. you chose to give up glory and take blame. And I and I don't remember the rest. It's pretty long, but I love that because that that describes the five guys and the you know about the nine or ten guys we got that made the team to perfection. There, you know, and I think it, to me it starts it starts with our center, you uh, can Williams, the guy that, uh, or sorry, you can Williams. Um, he is he's selfless, he's quiet. The only time you hear him is on the field making his calls and he makes them loud. He makes sure the quarterback knows who they have, the running back who they have. Um the only time you hear him is then making his calls and when the ball is completed, uh, or the run is down the field and he's turning around making sure his O line is running five yards down the field because that's what they try to get done every single play. Um and and you hear him in the O line room, and that's what's important to me as a quarterback is, is I see a guy that he understands his plays. He understands his game. Um, he leads these guys and he does it quietly. He's not trying to be a hoorah guy. And, uh, Hey guys, listen, I'm the leader of the O line. No, he's the leader of the O line because guys follow him because he does his job. He works out. He understands, you know, what we're trying to do on offense throughout the entire play and not just his assignment. And I think that's what makes, you know, a great center. And it, it reminds me of Brett Jones from a couple of years ago, um, obviously American and Canadian. It's typically a Canadian position for us, so to have an American there I think just kind of shows you the value that he brings to that position. Yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned their, their creed, Bo, because it kind of goes back to what you were talking about in the first segment in terms of uh, your second uh, preseason game in Regina and the way your team reacted, the way you guys kind of came together on, on certain plays and, and became one. Uh, that, that old line in terms of, you know, uh, we don't care about the glory. We're here for the team type of attitude. It seems like your entire team is is embracing that, which is which is maybe kind of your uh, your your uh, your look or your outlook towards 2018, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's that that sense of 
you know, to me, of camaraderie between those guys. But it's just that right now, it's that quiet confidence that I love feeling and not hearing as a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I just see it in their eyes that they're confident, they're ready to go, they're ready to go out and play. Um, and I, I tell them the same thing every single game. So as, as we break in warm-ups, we do skelly, uh, we do a little bit of run. But right before we do that run period, that's the first time we all, uh, all 12 come together. Um, I usually say a little tidbit right there. You know, just, hey, don't forget, this is how we're winning this game today. You know, be smart, make plays, whatever it might be. Um, but I say the same thing to the old line every single time. And it's, hey, you five up front, be animals, and we go as far as you guys take us. Because whether, whether we're passing, whether we're running, without the old line, we're not anything. And, and they might not get the glory, but you ask any receiver, any running back, you know, any quarterback, any defensive player, you know, what controls a game and it's the front it's the guys the front mm-hmm. five guys. And yep. it's it's just a fact. Um but yeah, I mean uh you know, when you go, you know, twenty seven of thirty for three hundred something yards, you know, everybody's just talking about the quarterback and how great he was, but you know, there's a reason that he was able to have the time to do that, to you know, not feel pressure. Um yeah, I mean I just I love those guys, man. It's just something, you know, they protect me every single day. So I could talk about him the entire hour if I had to. Well, that's a good transition, too. The one position we haven't talked a lot about um, on your team for 2018, and this is a franchise, even before your time, has always had a, a you know a number one running back that they can rely on and, and, and everybody knows and, and you kind of know what to expect. Bo, tell us about Terry Williams. Man, I'm going to tell you about all of them. So I'm excited about this group. It's the, the smartest group we've had to me um, the entire time we've been here. I'm sorry, the entire time I've been here. Um, it's the most athletic group. You know, there's, there's, you don't have like these prototypical tailbacks where it's like, all right, this is your speed guy. You know, here's your blocking tailback. Here's your jack of all trades. I'm, I'm good at all, but not great at any of them. Uh, we don't have any of that. We have three guys right now that any three of them you put at tailback, and I'm feeling great that they can, they can protect me. They can run the rock. They can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, they can take a ball 70 yards and I, I think, man, I, I'm just <laughs> honestly, man, uh, you know, Terry, I think you saw it on the punt return last week. You know, if you were able to witness that, uh, he had like a 78 yard punt return for a touchdown and I don't think he stopped gaining speed the whole time. <laughs> and that's what's scary, man. Cause like, you, like if you're an, uh, if you're an Olympic sprinter, you know, you're taught to drive, 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 drive. You have about like 10 drive steps and then it's, and then it's that reach and run. Uh, and you get into your form, man. It just seems like he drives the whole way. It's just that you see his foot throwing back into the ground, creating that force, pushing himself away from the ground, and, and he's just taking off. Um, you know, Dom Jackson, I think he's a guy that he seems like the most uh, shifty to me. You know, he's he's got these moves. He's got the head fake that Roy Finch kind of, you know, head fake a little bit. Um, but all three of them, and I think the best attribute for all three of them is they all read – they all have that ball carrier vision. You know, they read the hole very well. They see the flow of the linebackers. They understand mm-hmm. when to cut back, when not to. Um, and that's uh, and that's dangerous, man. That's that's something I haven't seen here in a while, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, I guess the last point on the offense and, and the other group, and and it's it's certainly you know Rob mentioned Eric Rogers before. That's a, that's a nice addition for any team, but especially for your group who's already so deep. You've got you've got no shortage of weapons, Bo, at your arsenal in, in terms of wideouts and, and slot. 
how excited are you about this receiving group? Man, <laughs> it seems like a trend. I keep talking about how it's the best thing we've had in a long time. <laughs> um, I, to me, man, I, I look at I look at these guys, and and you know when you talk about your number one to your number five, um, it's scary. <laughs> You know, when I look at it, I mean, on paper, I look at these guys and I'm like, you know, how how do teams cover them? You know, it's, you can put your best, if you want to play basketball and try and match up your best guy, it's our best guy. Um, by the time you get to number three, number four, you know, you're outmatched heavily. Um, and I think size-wise, we have it. Speed-wise, we have it. Playmaking ability is just stupid. Um, the, the ability that these guys have to go up and make plays on the ball, you know, it's... To me, I think it, it rivals that, um, you know, Riley's receiving core from a couple of years ago. Um, you know, the Anthony Calvillo receiving core of old, the, just the big tall trees that could go and move guys out of the way. Um, it's, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think there's a lot of a lot of different fun things we can do. I think it creates a lot of problems. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm interested to see on how people decide to uh, to play it. This is the uh, Bo Show, brought to you by SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. Five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Good job, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, Bo's talking way too much. We need to get this, we need no, to get this I in. Just, I, just, I, I think he might be hinting that you should take a no, break. Is that what you're doing? No, Come I just on. I know my role. Oh, I just, know just my, here for the You just heard the man talk about, you know, how this all works when everybody does their job. Right. Right? So your part? I just did my job. That's, uh, Rob, I appreciate it, man. Way to do your job. <laughs> Thank you. You did to perfection. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I will take the hint from the savvy vet. We will take a quick break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of the text line here. So keep bringing your text in nine six zero nine six zero. Ask me what you want to hear about this upcoming season, um, and we'll talk a little bit of the top fifty, but mainly get some dad life hacks there at the end. And uh, yeah, that'll get exciting. So you are listening to the Bo Show on Sports <laughs> at nine sixty. The fan. Calgary football fans, this is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960, brought to you by SML Entertainment. What is that? He doesn't even know. He's got to look. I'm asking him what this song is right now, and he's got to look. We got uh, Ratatat, 9B. Nine beats. Yeah. Who is not? Is that Canadian? Ratatat, I think, is the uh, artist. And the song. Yeah, nine, nine beats would be the title. Yeah. So who's Ratatat? This is Pinder's music. Yeah, this is out of Pinder's album. Oh man, I gotta create. Well, an album what's now. wrong with playing out of Rob's album? I don't understand. Well, well, well sorry, Rob. Because right. it's just uh, the one-liners from the, uh, <laughs> the commercials. Just <laughs> 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 do, do the reads. The yeah, Bo right. Show, brought to you by SML Entertainment. There you go. <laughs> Man, that sounded like that was recorded. That's how I, see, that's how I know you're a vet right there, because if I try to break that off right now, it wouldn't sound the same. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, some fan questions real quick. Um, I already saw a couple that I liked. I, I talked about the rookie. Um, hey, Bo, during training camp, is there a drill or exercise they put you through that you hate? Uh, the warm-up. <laughs> it takes 15 minutes. And it shouldn't. Should How many be. different drills in the warm-up, Bo? Man, like 15. 
the thing That's is, guys lot. just want to like get out there and start practice. I mean, it's good. We really do need to warm up. <laughs> it prevents injury, but kids, kids, warm up, please. Yes, please warm up. This was done by professionals. Um, don't try this at home. Uh, first off, love the show. Welcome back. Would you be interested to learn? Or sorry, I would be interested to learn more about how Bo mentally manages the transition from the drama of last season to the anticipation of a new season. Was this harder than most? What tools do does Bo use to focus on? Um, learn more about mentally manages the transition. Well, luckily, I've already gone through this uh, a year ago. Yes, so, luckily. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, I guess luckily is not the right word. Um, <laughs> I have gone through this before, and I will use that to my advantage. Uh, was this harder than most? Yes, because it happened twice in a row. Um, what tools do I use? Uh, the next play is most important. You know, that's, that's something that Dave, you know, harps on us. That's something that we have to focus on as a quarterback is huge. No matter, to me, no matter how big or small the play is, you know, how good or bad, whether it's a touchdown or a pick, um, the next, the most important play is the next one. So make sure that you're ready. And I, I try to use that, whether it's life uh, with, you know, my wife and my daughter. If I make a mistake with the wife, um, you know, just be better on the next decision. You know, same with my daughter. Sometimes you raise your voice for something you don't want to. Um, you know, just be better, be better than the next one. It's a, that's a life hack for you right there. Um, Rob's team philosophy. I think this is from your quote earlier, Rob. Hey guys, let's work as a team and do it my way. That <laughs> that's his creed on the wall. <laughs> wow. It's not probably right. Um, have you taken advantage of your, your membership at country Hills? I have, I have a couple times and I will again on Sunday. My father-in-law's Maddie's dad's coming in town, uh, so we're gonna go golf nice. at the hills on Sunday. Yeah, that's gonna be nice. Uh, Bo, real disappointed to see Andrew Buckley retire. So am I. Um, although it's completely understandable why a young man of his promising future in medicine would do so, do you ever foresee the CFL making it mandatory to carry at least one national quarterback on every roster to promote development and opportunity for young homegrown quarterbacks, or is it too unrealistic to do so? Um, I can definitely see it happening. I think the big question is not more or less, you know, do they make it happen? Um, it's more, does it count towards your ratio? And, and I think, right. I think in order, what the coaches are saying, you know, just from talking to people, um, in order to make it make sense for everyone, if the quarterback is playing, he should count to your ratio for sure. So if Brandon Bridge is your starter, I think he should count as a Canadian. Uh, which allows you to carry an extra American, whether it's for special teams or, or defense or whatnot. Um, but not if he's your number three running short yardage. You know, it's, if he's if he's number three running short yardage and he's on the field for the play, then I think he counts as a Canadian. And you can have an extra American alignment in for short yardage, whatever that might be. Um, but, yeah, like the, 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 the worry is that people will take advantage of this. And you say if you have a CFL quarterback or Canadian quarterback on your roster, it should count towards the ratio. Well, if he's your number three, he's not playing. Guys will just sign, you know, X. I don't want to say a young man's name or anything like that, but he'll just sign a Canadian quarterback so they can get a different American and the kid will never see the field. So um, that's what teams are worried, worried about people taking advantage of, basically. So there's your answer to that one. Um, let's see. What do you think of TSN's top 50 player list? And do you think, uh, what do you think of their choice for number one? Um, uh, Rob already wants me to answer this, so I'll answer it. Uh, <laughs> make sure everybody hears my answer correctly. Okay? Hit record, Matt. <laughs> All right. Everybody in the CFL should think this way. But in my personal opinion, and this comes from a Drake song, 
I'm in the top two, and I'm not number two. That's my opinion. Okay. <laughs> if you okay. don't see yourself as the best player, there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? That's that's my opinion. I I think that you know that's an intru- It's a really interesting statement because um, I fully understand what you're saying. Like completely get it. Yeah. If if you're not in it to win it, why are you there? I I'll, right? I'll, I'll give you more. I do not disagree with their choice. Last yeah. year, but you're just Mike talking about Riley, your mentality. Yes, but last year, yeah. Mike Riley was the best player in the league. See, I will I, give it, you that. It's it's. Do you do you agree with this? Because this, this you know, the equivalent that I draw, and this was early on in my career. I talked about this all the time. Backup quarterbacks and backup goalies. They're always the most popular guys in town, oh, right? 100%. That's okay. But I always wanted mine to always, always, always when they got the ball, when they got the chance. Just in the back of their mind, yeah, there's a starter, but I'm playing in the back of my mind. I just want to do something that puts that momentary pause in the decision maker's mind that is that the right guy? Is it, This other guy deserves that chance. I want them going out with the attitude that they're trying to win the job. I don't want them to be comfortable. I think in particularly the NFL, behind guys like Peyton Manning and, and John Elway, there was always just comfortable backups. They're just comfortable. They're there, right? What are, they're never going to play, and I hate that. I, I think if you're a professional athlete, you should be in it to win it. You should be wanting to be a starter, even though you might only, you know, a, a backup goalie might play 20 games a year. You can't just sit there and be, oh, I'm just happy to play 20 games a year. I hate that. Yeah. No, I mean that's, I mean that's, hey, you're you're preaching to the choir here. Um, yeah. You know, in Florida, when I was trying out for the Stampeders and they're showing us film and just trying to introduce us Americans to the CFL game. Um, I hadn't even signed a contract with them yet. They haven't even offered it to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the film yeah, as we walk away. Uh, you know, I'm talking to Dave, and at the time, he's the QB coach, no coordinator. I said, hey, Dave, I was like, who's y'all starting quarterback number four? And he's like, oh, that's Drew Tate. And I was like, I'm going to take his job. I was like, then I'm going to win you a great cup, and I'm going to be the best player to ever play in this game. And, yeah, it's, it's facetious and confident and – uh, probably a little bit past the line, but that's how you have to think. Because if you don't see yourself that way, then how are you ever possibly going to get there? If you don't think that LeBron James has always seen himself as overtaking Michael Jordan as the best player to ever play, no one would ever be talking about that. And that's just... Well, it's, a, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt you, Bo, but that's the, the same way... Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the quote or if you've ever even heard the story, but you know, in, the, in, in hockey, the last couple of years, when McDavid's kind of been exploding onto the scene, there was the uh, the struggles of Sidney Crosby about a year and a half ago in the first half of the year, and there was all these stories written about Crosby, maybe not the best player in the game anymore. Did he lose his uh, his game? Is McDavid overtaking him, and all this kind of stuff? And the second half of the year, Crosby tore it up and ended up winning the scoring race. And I think people were talking, and those close to Crosby, it's been reported that you know, have kind of talked about how. Sidney and he didn't like that and uh, kind of used that as motivation. Now, obviously, he is a very good player and there's more to it, but it was just kind of the, the same approach as to, yeah, okay, you can write these articles and you can have your own opinion, but he, I'm still the best and I'm going to show you why, and he went out and did it. And, you know, you're talking about very similar things, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, when I – I mean, guys, change is what people want. You know what I mean? It's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's young. It keeps – keeps things energetic and, and and people don't love to see the same person year in and year out be the best and win the Grey Cup or win the Stanley Cup or win the World Series. It's just not what you want. Like I mean 
if you're a fan of baseball, you loved watching the Houston Astros win the World Series because it's been, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's what, it's what you want in sports. Um, athletes can't think that way. You know, every single day, no matter who it is behind me, I see that person as a potential threat to take my job. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to try and get you to become a better quarterback and understand this game because if I get injured, I don't want our team to go down because of that. I want the next guy to be able to step in and run the football team. But I'm always going to outwork you. You know what I mean? Like I'm never going to – and when I hear, you know, certain media talk about other quarterbacks and these young guys or, or hey, this person's overtaking this person – Listen, I, I, do I use it as motivation? Yes. Is it my main factor of motivation? No. And that's where I think a lot of fans are misconstrued with when guys, you know, say things like, 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 like um, a couple years ago when the whole SAS thing happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love the, the talk on Twitter. I love when the fans talk trash because I use it as motivation. And one of the main replies I always saw to that was, oh, if that's what your motivation is and you're not playing for the right reasons, it's like, you know what? You're right. If that was my main motivation, you would be correct. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. our main motivation, but it is an extra factor in motivating me to go out and win this game. Our main motivation is to be great, to leave a legacy, to want to be the best to ever play this game, to want to lead our team to a win, and to make sure that when I walk in the locker room that our teammates, our, our team, are, are able to celebrate because we have more points than they do when the clock hits zero. So... I'll just, I'm just going to blurt it out. To me, the strength of the show was just this last bit. Yep. That, that whole story about you and Dave in Florida. Yeah. If you don't get it, this is why you get the show. This is why you do it. Because I'm not going to ever come to your stall and go, geez, Bo, when you started, were you cocky or confident? Or did you say that's, and, and, and if people don't understand it, then they need to spend more time listening to the show because that is the attitude. Right, un unpretentious, unedited, right there, raw in its form. So I love that answer. Well, appreciate it. But the strength of the show is Dad life hacks. That's gonna happen. Hey, <laughs> oh, okay. there we go. All right, I'll quickly run through them because I know we don't have a lot of time. Um, my so my wife, I actually texted my wife and I was like, please, I was like, Maddie, give me some life hacks, like, because as as a dad, like you do these things, but you don't really like. You know, you don't jot them down and note them and think like, oh, this is what I do to take care of Ellie when Maddie's not home. Um, but she did have some good ones. Uh, Paw Patrol. Huge. <laughs> Paw Patrol is the best show for a kid because, for one, our kids, my, our, our daughter loves dogs. We have two dogs. Um, and that's going to segue into my second one, which is get dogs. Because... <laughs> Here's the best. This is the biggest life hack I can give you. They clean up everything your baby drops. Man, that makes a difference. I tell you what, every time she drops food, you know, like you could be having a bad day. You know, let's say you had a bad practice, um, you know, or Maddie had a bad day at work. You come home, you're trying to feed Ellie, you know, you're trying to be the good parent and do the right things, you know, change the diaper, feed, feed your daughter, make sure she's happy and and then you know you go out of your way and you and you make her a nice good dinner not just you know some pouch or something like that but you like make her macaroni and cheese um chicken strips vegetables and you put them in front of her and she just starts throwing them everywhere you know that that'll break you as a parent but what'll break you is having to get on your hands and knees and clean it up after (laughs) so get dogs because they will instantly eat all that you can just grab your baby throw in her bath that's your biggest life hack you can get um blackout curtains i'm so glad you said 
throw them in the bath and not allow the dog to lick them clean. No, 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 no. You got to give, give your daughter a bath. Every I'm day. so glad you said that. <laughs> um, blackout curtains so the baby sleeps in the summer because in Calgary the sun's out way, way too late. Um, <laughs> seriously, we, 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 Maddie and I, we always take her downstairs. So we give her a bath around six o'clock. We go downstairs, turn on Netflix. We'll either put a movie on or put Paul Crow on. And as Ellie starts to, you know, nod off or whatnot, um, you know, we'll start to walk upstairs and you open the door at, at seven thirty, seven forty-five, and it's, it looks like day, daylight outside. And she kind of like, you know, you kind of see that confusion hit her face every time where she's like, wait a minute, did I sleep all night down there? Like. And she has to like rethink about what time it is, and she cries for a couple of minutes in the crib, and then she finally passes out. So, uh, yeah, get get some curtains to black it out during the the, the daytime, nighttime. Um, teach them to dance, man. So we every time there's like a beat on the, the TV, um, anything like that, we just kind of like go Ellie, go Ellie, go, and she'll just stare at you, smile, and she starts shaking her butt up and down, and it's it's the cutest thing in the world, but. You need those small things to make you laugh every day. So teach, teach, teach them to dance early on. Um, what'd she say? What was this last one? Oh, so so Ellie, <laughs> Maddie, this is no, nah, this isn't a good one. Maddie's talking about teaching them how to uh, watch cleaning shows because you'll you'll teach them to clean. It'll help you throughout the house. <laughs> and Maddie said the last time she had to get down on her hands and knees and wipe the floor, Ellie got down and started doing it with her hand with nothing in her hand, but she was just trying to help. Um, so that's cute. Um, but yeah, those are your couple, your couple life actually today, but my main one, get some dogs because they clean up for you. And that's, that's huge. Huge. Um, best of luck, uh, opening game on Saturday against Hamilton. Uh, we will talk to you next week, but 2019 or 2018 is upon us. Uh, it's pretty exciting right now. Yep. Hey, I'm gonna leave you with this one. Okay. Cause we talked about my receiving core. Zero in the top 50. Zero. Let's see how that changes. Only, only four Stampeders, Bo. Yep. Only four Stampeders. All right. Guys, I'm out. <laughs> Bo <laughs> Show, Sports at 960 Fan. Rob, will let you guys take over, man. Appreciate you guys. See you all next Tuesday from 3 to 4. The one, the only, Bo Levi Mitchell with the Bo Show, brought to you by SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. Five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. We're less than an hour away from must-listen to. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet will join us, and he'll have the latest, and he'll certainly have some thoughts on what is blowing up in Ottawa today involving Eric Carlson and Mike Hoffman, their wives and their girlfriends. It's, it's incredible what it is. We'll bring you some headlines. You'll also... Well, get to spend some time with our good friend Tommy Wilden Jr. as we preview the upcoming World Cup, which kicks off in two days in Russia. We're live at Alberta Marine in Nanton. Why? We'll tell you around the corner. Sportsnet 960, the fan.